and we are in business. John McGrath, Philly Harris. Hey, it's are, colder than the Gold Coast, isn't it? This is history. This is the first time in 22 years Eric has been digital and live and what a better way. There is not a better way to start than having one of the greatest legends, not just of current real estate history, but of ever. Phil Harris, welcome, Phil. Thank you for uh, kicking off our Legends of Real Estate Eric live series live from Adelaide. Thank you. You're, uh, you're both very kind. I appreciate the sizzle. Thank you. Now, I'm going to let Tom uh, host this because uh, too many cooks spoil the kitchen or the broth or whatever it is. So, Tom, I'm going to hand back to you, but we're going to be listening to three great speakers for the next little bit as we're now cracking over the 1,000 participants, heading to 3,000 as people join. Over to you, Tom. Yeah, this is um, – I'm looking at I – ju- I just want to hit the 1,000 mark before I actually come in with my big intro, right? Here we go. 986, <laughs> 990, nine, here we go. Just about to start. We have hit 1,000. We're here. i got to tell you, between Facebook, the Witch Party on the Gym page, the Business page, and Zoom, I think that we're going to get live around – 3,000 people, and on replay, we're going to get a lot more. The person that you're seeing on the other side of the screen is a giant in real estate. Form is temporary. Class is permanent. This guy here. Now, Philly, can I just confirm, your company, how many sales a year do you make? Uh, last financial, we did just shy of 2,000, so I think about 1,900 last year. Yeah. Okay. So Now, now Phil, can I also confirm... Um, how many sales do you think you're going to make for, well, for the month that went by, April, which was the COVID-19 month, what did you end up, did, did, did you make a couple of sales? How did you end up? Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, I just came out of a, uh, we had our morning webinar this morning, so we get our whole company together at 8.30 every morning, and we were just kind of discussing the last 30 days. And surprisingly, we did a lot better than what I'd anticipated. We actually hit 114 sales for the month of April, which, you know, it's a decent number, but you know, all things considering, it's probably close to 50% down on, you know, where we were this time last year. But, you know, when this thing first started, I would have happily taken 114, not knowing what we were going into. So, um, you know, like like a lot of the case studies we've been hearing out there, Tom and John, you know, there's, there's certain individuals in, in our company and many other companies across the country that are bucking the trend just by doing simple things every day. And so that's kind of been a pleasure to see. Now, Phil, today's talk that's going to be an informal, casual conversation. John and I will chime in. Hopefully, you'll fill in most of the gaps as we begin to learn how to, you know, present a good uh, Zoom webinar. Um, I want to ask you, Dominate for Decades is a nice heading that we said you'd talk about. And um, I want to ask you, I mean, um, you you employ a lot of people in your business. We've seen people that have a good two or three years, but you believe that this is a core theme of real estate. It's one that you want to touch on today. What does dominate for decades mean to you, Phil? Well, I think for me, when I, you know, I, um, I attended a conference with John going back, I don't know how long it was now, John, you ran a, a conference called Mastery and you had the... Uh, you know, maybe one of the best conferences I've ever attended. Yeah, Rupert Murdoch. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have Rupert in the room that day. And, and the whole theme of that conference was around mastery. And I guess, you know, I've always been, you know, excited to study people who, yeah, there's people, as you said, that bob up for a year or two. 
but I think what makes great champions are people that can probably do it for a minimum of, you know, it's three or four decades before I'd actually say somebody's kind of became a master of their craft. And, you know, we've all heard the analogies of the, the 10,000 hours and uh, all of those sorts of things. But I think mastery is a very different conversation to somebody who's just highly competent at prospecting, listing, selling. It's a very different conversation indeed. Phil, I want to ask you this. Why is it that some people are making decisions about decades or 20 and 30 years whilst we've got other people in the real estate industry that find it difficult to even commit to a next week plan? I think uh, there's no doubt you see a really direct pattern. Salespeople that are kind of half in, which is they're still having a bet both ways. When people are not sure if real estate is going to be that lifelong commitment or whether it's something they're doing for the next six months, one month or two years, it's hard to invest in long-term relationships, long-term activities if you're still not even sure if you're going to be doing this in one or two years' time. And so the big shift that we see for people who say, you know what, I've decided real estate is my career path. Not only is it a career path, it's going to be something that I'm going to do my absolute best to become the greatest version of myself and use real estate as that platform. Those people have a unique ability to make, have a very, very different decision-making process about what they do on a daily basis versus somebody who's maybe a short-term or part-time player. And, I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you maintain enthusiasm and, and, and energy over, you know, such a long period? I mean, Phil, how long have you been doing real estate now? So I've been doing it for about 20 years now. So I work you know, as a salesperson. I work for a, basically a decade. And I've been in business ownership for 10 years now. Uh, but I, I think that the, the people that I've seen, I said, when I think of people who are giants of our industry, I think of people like John, John who's obviously here today. I think of people like James Tosterman. And then I think of, you know, great salespeople around the country like Andrew Kelleher and a whole range of other people who have been doing this for kind of 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, but I think it's really about that passion for continual improvement and that never grows old with people who are wanting to do this for decades so people are continually whether it be attending conferences whether it be reading the next book whether it be engaging the next coach but there definitely is a i guess a fascination a passion just to be a little bit better than kind of what you were the day before and these people that we see doing that and making those long-term decisions i heard a uh, and John might be better to talk about this, but I heard a great presentation maybe a year or so ago. Owen Wilson, CEO of realestate.com, spoke about how uh, surprised he was at working alongside Rupert Murdoch. He was completely surprised that working alongside Rupert, that all of his decision-making process was, you know, where, where would News Corp be in 10 or 20 years' time, not worried about this quarter or next month. You know, that's, you know, it was kind of interesting to hear that type of thinking, which is very uncommon in the real estate space. So most real estate salespeople are addicted to where's my next sale, where's my next listing. Uh, that's basically as far as their thinking goes. And so I think seeing the great people in our industry, as those people I've just mentioned before, such long-term thinking enables them to do it over a sustained period of time. John, I mean, on that point of continuous learning, I mean, I'm, I'm curious, I'm going to put it to you because you've been doing real estate close to 40 years. Is it close to 40 years, John? Okay, so so Phil, John's an interesting creature because I'll notice even if we're doing MDA podcasts, something that's said, 
he gets his pen out and he writes writes it out, right? Even when we're sitting, when we're at Arik normally um, and it's a Sunday, Monday, John's sitting there, we've got the side stools, we've got all these bottles of water, we, we're looking at there, but John is sitting there with a pen and paper even 37, 38 years down the track thinking to himself, is this something that can help you know, my business help me. How do you maintain that enthusiasm, John? Uh, look, it's selfishly, I just love it. I mean, this is like I used to play sport for a living and I now do real estate for a living and I didn't have to force myself to go to the training field to practice for, for football and I don't have to push myself here. When I'm in a conversation with you or Phil or any anyone, I love taking notes and then I love practising it and actually improving it and I think, if, you, if you're humble about something, because the people that are not humble, they think they've got it all, they think they've evolved to a position where they don't have to learn anymore. I'm in a position, I think I've kind of got 10% of it figured out, 90% to go. So I think first and foremost, I just love it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's easy and I agree with you. Phil, that mastery was a great event. We must do another one than having Rupert Murdoch, one of one of Tom's old bosses, um, front up was, was awesome. I wanted to get to you, Phil, about the specifics because I know some of your content, well, all your content's gold, but what do you think? Because the concept is, okay, dominate not just for this month, this year, but for decades. What do you have to do? What are the things that agents need to be doing that they're not doing or they need to be doing better or what are you doing that is taking you in that direction? Because there's, there's a few thousand people watching here that want to be better, want to do more and want to do it in the long term. What what are some of the key things that you come up with? Because your content is, you know, just so rich. I think the, the observation that I make, particularly around high performers, is that, like, there's a lot of things you could say, you know, what does it take to be a successful real estate agent? But from my perspective, if I had to kind of filter that down and ascertain it to kind of three or four key things, the things that I talk to, you know, my team about or the people that I'm working with, I say they're, the, the, the formula that equals kind of great success in this business is we say number one is skills, right? So there's definitely a skills requirement. So there's no question you can go out there and make, you know, 10,000 telephone calls over the next kind of 30 days. But if you haven't got the appropriate skill set to convert, then a lot of that effort can be wasted if you haven't actually got the skills. So the things I talk about is number one is skills. Then I say skills plus volume, Right. So there's two ways you can go in this industry. There's people who are highly skilled, but they don't have to do volume because they've been doing it for a decade or two or three. But where the magic really happens in this industry is when I see agents who take these two or three things and they put them together. So I say skill set plus volume. So you can have high skills and not do the volume and still be successful, or you've got high volume and no skills, you can still be very unsuccessful. And so the formula that I see works is high skill set plus high volume plus high quality relationships. So when it's volume plus skill plus relationships and you've got a mindset of doing it for decades, that's when the magic kicks in, you see. And that would pretty much be the formula of all the top people you see across Australia. So skills, specifically which skills are the most important to dominate? Well, I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years. You've been doing it for 38. The fundamentals, you know, John, still haven't changed a lot. I still talk about the big three, which is prospecting, listing and selling, and it's not overly complicated. You know, this business is... You need to have a skill set requirement. And if you talk about prospecting, what are they? Well, you need to be brilliant with buyers. And that's as basic as, you know, there's still agents out there being up for 10 or 20 years and they still haven't mastered out of how to do you know, professional callback. So how do you work with buyers, buyer negotiation? Um, so prospecting perspective, you need to have great skills there. Listing is another skill set. And all of these skills, John, which, by the way, 
it doesn't take long to get great with these skills anymore because the training resources compared to when you first started or when I first started, they're so much more easier to access. Like anywhere in the world right now, you can be logging on to, you know, this online conference today or you can get to wherever. The actual skills requirement just takes time. And so I think if you've got those skills around prospecting, listing and selling, they're the three core competencies. There's some other things you can attach to that, like running auction campaigns and those things that are specific. But at the end of the day, they're the skills competencies. If you do volume with a high-quality database, then all of a sudden you're going to put yourself into a high-performance state. Philly, can I ask you, if there's someone watching right now that's thinking to themselves, you know what, I'm going to buy into this concept that maybe I haven't, which is long-term. I've actually got to think about decisions today about my life in 2028. Can I ask you, um, what are they? What are the things that they should practically be focusing on? Well, I think salespeople today, it's, uh, as I said, um, majority salespeople are automatically just purely short-term thinkers, which is where's my next listing, where's my next sale? That's kind of how salespeople live and die. There's very little effort that's actually put into the medium to long-term thinking. So uh, I would say that salespeople need to be uh, a lot more clear around goal setting on a short-term, medium-term and long-term. So actually getting a proper business plan in place for the longevity. What's a business uh, plan? Have you, I mean, Phil, in your business, does does Hector, um, does um, um, Angelo, Nicholas, Simon Noakes, these, all, all these three agents ride around one and a half million or over that in fees. What What does the business plan look like? How many pages? What's in the plan? Well, their business plan, we sent that over to John going back, I think, just post Eric, uh, going back, uh, well, it must be last year now. It's kind of gone so quickly. But I, I guess, long story short, our, 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 the, the business plans that those guys are using are quite detailed. That might be, you know, 20, 30, 40 pages long in terms of it's almost an operating manual, but then it ascertains down to one page, right? So there's a one-page kind of overview that summarises everything. But effectively, it's a completely detailed plan of every aspect of their business. So these guys are running teams. So it starts off with their business standards. So what are the core competencies, uh, the deliverable, so that there's no kind of grey areas in terms of when salt stickers go up, when pre-lease kits go out, what their service standards are. But then they've got complete operating processes for every single part of their business. So how are open homes going to be conducted? How are private home show-throughs going to be conducted? Uh, what's the expectation around um, listing presentations? What's the expectation around buyer work? So there's, you know, it's probably... The level of professionalism that I've seen now in the last kind of year or two is something that I haven't seen before in terms of the level of detail that agents are going to. Because these guys now, I mean, they're businesses within our business. They are, they're they running up to three, four, five, six, some people across the country, even seven, eight team members within their group. And so there now needs to be a total operating system. And so that's what we're seeing with the best operators. And then on top of that, the next layer on top of that, uh, Tom, is people actually putting life plans in place. So real estate is only one core function of their of, of their life. And then they're looking at other plans they're putting in place as well, getting really clear on goal setting around financial goals, personal goals, family goals, health goals, all of those sorts of things. And then final thing as well we're seeing with guys that are doing really, really well is actually having an education plan. Not many people have an education plan. So if you are thinking long term, where am I going to be five or ten years from, uh, from today? You know, if you're a young aspirational salesperson right now, I know for me, looking back in hindsight, as a 21, 22-year-old, I wish I was studying some finance or commerce on the side because when it comes to business ownership, you know, understanding P&L and a balance sheet, the cash flow and all of those sorts of things, 
you know, I would have liked to have had a better education plan in place. And that's what we're seeing with people. Fiddy, I've got one more question and then I'm going to get John to ask the last question because we're going to try and do 20-minute blocks through this morning session um, and it's come uh, from uh, the audience. Can I ask you, in terms of what an ideal day, if you're at Harris, if there's an agent out there that's sort of unstructured, sort of doing one thing there and sort of being stretched there, if you had to turn around and say, here is your perfect plan for a day, what does the Phil Harris version of that look like for a sales agent? Well, I think that's pretty simple. I don't think it's really changed in 20 years, to be honest, since I've been here. I mean, some of our prospecting activities might be slightly different and slightly more digital or social. But, you know, from my perspective, I'd say first and foremost, it starts with you. So I've always said that better people make better real estate agents. So if your personal life is not in check, then it's going to be very hard to function as a great agent. So I'd say first and foremost, get a great night's sleep, have a healthy diet, wake up and exercise and have a morning routine that gets you up and running. So that's probably checkpoint number one. Checkpoint number two, irrespective of whatever time. Some people do this at 7 a.m. for Alexander Phillips, others it's 8 or it's 9, but forgetting times. Checkpoint number two would be to have a meeting either with yourself or with your team, and that meeting's got an agenda for that day of the week because we know that real estate is like deja vu. So, the, you know, the activities that are to be undertaken on a Monday is the same as every other Monday for the rest of your working career. So I'd say number two is uh, have that meeting with an agenda to get yourself organised. Number three is talk to your vendors first thing every single morning, so a quick daily update. Number four would be prospect through to midday. Uh, and once you've gotten through to midday, you've undertaken those kind of four activities. The afternoon is purely about getting face-to-face. And so every afternoon, if you can get face-to-face with, you know, two people who are buying and two people who are selling, four or five face-to-face appointments, now you might not convert deals on that day, but I guarantee if you hit those four or five activities every single day, you can put your head on the pillow at night and know that it's been a great day. And I guarantee you success is not far away if you can be consistent with that. And so the difference between agents that are great and agents that are average, what I've just said right then, good agents just do that every day. Average agents maybe only get to do that one day per week. Johnny, do you want to extend, add, uh, summarise? Uh, yeah, don't have to do add a lot, Tom. I mean, you, you, you spoke at Eric a few years ago, Phil, about AMPM energy, which was – you know, the, the understanding yourself, which you've just talked to then, creating the energy and then heading out in the afternoon where the kind of energy of being active takes you forward. I remember you said something, and, and it might be unfair because you may or may not recall the specific, but it was something like you need three things, and you also said this at Eric in that great presentation you gave, one of the best ever. You said you need a 9 out of 10 listing presentation, you need a sales plan that gets your listing sold in 30 days, and I'm not sure if the third one was around creating raving fans for life, but do you recall the kind of there was like a little formula that was important to you? Do you remember specifically? What yeah, and they're, they're, they're basically the things that we talk about, John, which is, you know, as, as we said, it came back to what I spoke about earlier, volume plus skills plus relationships over a long period of time equals, you know, amazing success. And so, you know, they are the simplistic things. I think what gets overlooked for people is that, uh, society and particularly agents these days, we are all obsessed with short-term success, but the secret gets missed in actually the, the, you know, the, the process of being successful, the actual workload required is not that complicated. People can't seem to wrap their head around the fact that it takes time and you need to be dedicated for a long period of time. So you can undertake those activities that we just spoke about for one day or two days or one month or one year but it's the agents that actually dig in and do it consistently day in, day out. That's where the secret is, not the actual activity itself. The greatest compliment anyone can uh, give to you, Phil, Michelle Kerr, another great real estate, said you're the reason she stayed in real estate. 
Um, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. So we'll, we'll finish on that because I know we've got Tracy Dixon coming up next, but Phil, I can't think, or Tom and I, I'm sure, can't think of a better way to kick off our first ever historical online version than hearing 20 minutes of golf from you. So thank you for joining us. Hope you'll remain for the rest, but we'll take you off video. And uh, from all your raving fans, thank you for everything you're doing. Well done. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Have a great conference. Cheers. Thanks a lot, Philly. All righty. So, guys and girls, you're going to bear with us as uh, in the background what we're doing is um, it's, it's like one person has walked off the stage, there's a standing ovation going on, Philly's gone on, and then Tommy Panos has come on to introduce our next speaker who is going to be uh, Tracy. And, uh, geez, we're getting some good comments coming through both here and in f- Facebook. And there is Tracy. Tracy. Morning, Tom. Morning, John. You're looking looking better with age. You look fantastic. After 72 hours, you're looking fantastic. I saw you on Friday. Amazing. Well done. Thank you, Tom. There's there's always a plan in place for just about everything these days. So, yeah. Hey. Yeah, we're going to have Kathy next and and we've got Trace starting now. Trace, thanks for all the great work you're doing. And I think we're going to... You know, just ask you a few questions over the next 20 minutes. Um, one of the things we spoke about was the power of now, um, which I understand what it means, but others won't. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you use it in your business and how it works for you? Yeah, um, I think, um, you know, every time we go into an appraisal, every time we uh, list a property, every time we sell something, it, it gives us more knowledge around the local market. And, you know, right now, you know, uh, starting to predict the future is just incredibly difficult. So no one wants to do that. They want to focus on the good stuff, you know. I mean, to be honest, this year's been better for me than it was last year in terms of business activity and um, getting back on track and momentum and all that kind of stuff, team getting together. So I just feel that, you know, off the back of this extraordinary uh, situation, we've got to try and find some positivity, even though, look, it's, you know, it's all terrible and we all know that. But, um, you know, I've sort of drawn on the, the whole experience from the GFC, um, you know, we had that that happen, and and we had a we had a plan in place then uh, for what we can do in the future. So many people say to me, "Oh gosh, wish I'd taken that opportunity during the GFC to buy a new house or to upgrade or to downgrade or whatever," because everything slowed down a little bit. They didn't feel the pressure of a rising market. So I guess I've sort of taken those ideas, and and now I'm saying to buyers, "Look." Off the back of some fantastic sales in our area, um, right now might be a really good opportunity for you to upsize, downsize. You know, you could sell now and then you could be a buyer later in the year when things might get that bit tougher. So and I think everyone's thinking like that. They're thinking, yes, things are going to get worse before they get better. Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, why why, why sort of halt your plans? Um, I think it's a, you know, it's a time to innovate right now. Um, we've had to change very quickly to be able to, you know, if the buyers aren't coming to a house, you've got to take the house to the buyers. And that's what we've been doing a lot lately with our, you know, videos and walkthroughs. And, you know, people text me and go, you know, when can I see the house? I can't get there. And I go, well, listen, I'll go down and we'll, We'll have a, you know, we'll have a, um, a FaceTime meeting, and I'll show you through. So, and I'm finding I'm actually, I'm actually thinking a lot more about the properties. I'm thinking about the good things. I'm thinking about who they would, you know, who, who they'd really suit. So it's sort of now. It's it's not predicting. It's not going. Oh gosh, isn't it terrible? Later, we're all going to go down the tube. It's not that. It's like, hey, 
We're strong. It's been a great market. Let's capitalise on that and um, and continue with some great sales. Uh, Tracy, on one of the points we were talking about uh, prior to coming on air, you talk about value in disrupting relationships with propositions, not just touching base anymore to say hi, calculated calls to home in on motivation. E- elaborate on that. Yeah, look, 100%. I, I rarely make a call to a client just to go, hi, nice, I haven't seen you for a while. You know, I'd rather do that to some of my relatives. Um, you know, what I'm trying to do is to call people with a purpose. Um, you know, the reason that you will have people on your radar is because there's something they want to do. You know, they want to upgrade, they want to, you know, buy a waterfront, they want to sell a waterfront and buy an apartment. Um, you know, it's a, it's a call to say, hey, look, yesterday I sent a, a beautiful one of Nigel Wookie's beautiful um, properties to one of my clients uh, in Hunnisil who I know is looking for a fabulous home to move to and they want to do it in like three to five years. Hey, I want them to do it now because I've got to buy for their house. So I'm like, okay, what about we just, I know it's a bit, I know it's a bit um, soon, but what about we, I organise a time we take you through that property. And by the way, you know, I've been, I've been in touch with a buyer agent and they love your place. So maybe all that can happen quicker than, you know, you think. So, you know, or ringing a buyer. I mean, I've been out walking, you know, this whole thing's made us all slow down a bit and I've been out there walking and talking a lot more and, you know, I, I keep seeing houses and I go, oh, I've got that person. You know, that kid must be in year 12 this year or they did last year and, hey, they move. And so I've made a few, you know, disruptive calls with, with kind of like, hey, this is a bit less fit, left field, but I just met some people and, and they've just sold over in Dremoyne and, you know what, they're looking for something just like your house and if I could get you the price you wanted, you know, would you consider kind of bringing forward your plans a little bit? So, you know, it's intent. It's, you've really got to have a reason to call because otherwise, like, you know, no one wants to hear from the real estate agent, really. What does tell you at? What do you mean by that? You use the term discretionary sellers is where the opportunity is at. What, what's, yeah. what, what do you mean by that? Well, I just honestly feel I'm going to have um, a lot lower levels of people you know, ringing and going, yep, we're ready to roll into an auction right now. And, you know, that's that's going to happen for the rest of the year. I truly believe that. So you have to make these transactions happen by, by um, you know, discretionary people. Like in the office on Friday, we were talking about this and we were talking about these points. And every one of us said we would sell our house today if we got a really good offer on it. Now, you know, out of six or seven people in the office, like JP, myself, Steph, Nick, you know, Nick, Nick said to me, oh, God, I'd love to buy. I'd love to, you know, I'd love to just go like that and I'm, I'm moving into a, a slightly bigger property. So, you know, it got me, I mean, we've been thinking about it for ages, but there's so many people out there that will make a move if somebody came along and went, boom, I'll buy your house. So it's not rocket science, but it's a matter of, it's a monopoly game, you know, buy, sell, move around. And in a lot of the suburbs that we work in, people do do a lot of moving around the suburbs. So, you know, I know that, John, if I'd uh, rung you and said, John, I've got, a, I've got a buyer for your house, you might have bought one of my beautiful homes in Hunters Hill, you know. So it's just you've just got to have your little black book of gold. Um, everyone talks about this, but, you know, we've got A, sellers that will, will move if they find the right property or they will move if you've got the right price for their home. And nobody actually wants to be waiting, like buying now and, and selling later. It's too, it's, it's, it's scary. 
So everyone, you, you've got to get these people excited about the fact that they will be a buyer later in the year, spring, November, December, when people really want, want and need to sell. They'll have the money and they'll be able to do some great deals. So it's just, it, it, it's, I guess, with, um, you know, being a, look, I'm lucky. I've been here for 20 years. Um, according to Phil, I've just got started. So I've obviously got another probably 20 years to go. But, um, you know, I've been here a long time and, and look, I've got the credibility to ring people and go, you know what, you did tell me one day that you'd love a north-facing property with a bit bigger land. Listen, I think I've got one for you. By the way, there's someone that that, that wants to buy your home. And, look, I'm, I'm about to do an off-market deal. It's, it's over $10 million. Now, I've known the owner for a couple of years, um, downsizer. You know, I've had one buyer over the last six months that said, if you find me the right house, I'll buy it. And, you know, it's this is not crazy stuff, but it happens every day. We, we've sold three or four off-market homes in the last three months that way. And that's, you know, why go through the whole process with people that are not ready when you can kind of plant the seed um, which will grow? You know, even if that one buyer doesn't buy the home then, it kind of gives them something more to think about. So I think, Tracy, I think that's the way to go getting, from now Tracy, on. we're getting a lot of great comments coming through here. Jessica Bryan saying your energy is palpable and your dialogue is gold. Uh, Kate Ashton is saying it is so true. We, uh, if you go, if you reach out to clients and tell them if you were able to get their price, would they sell? And John, I think, I think the trace is absolutely spot on. There's a bunch of people there that may have a thought in their head, Hey, maybe this is as good as it gets. And, um, um, we don't know what everyone's thinking, and we know that circumstances of people change all the time. So making these phone calls out and te- testing the uh, the temperature of where a vendor's at is uh, is super important. John, you've worked with Trey. Can, can I presume most of your real estate life has been with McGrath's? Has it been like, what is it, 15 yeah, years? Yes, it's about 13 years. I was with a local agency before for about six, so yeah. John, can I ask you, like Tracy is always in there in that top 2 3% in McGrath year in, year out, you know? What what do you see that Tracy has that is able to get her to be so good at what she does? Yeah, just for clarity, she hasn't been in the top 2 or 3%. She's been in the top 1, 2 or 3, which is remarkable for a number of years. Um, look, I think a lot of people, Tom, are seeing it displayed here. Tracy's got great energy but also great style. And a lot of people have got a great style. I think they have to be, you know, very kind of restrained and they can't be proactive and when they're ready, they'll come to me. And I think as Phil Harris said, you know, you need the volume, you know, and Trace, just a great metaphor, it's a game of monopoly. Yeah, everyone in her community, almost everyone owns the property they're living in. And at some point, they'll have a reason within their family to move, births, deaths, marriages, divorces and so forth. So Trace is on the front foot. And I think Trace, but without being a hustler, because I think, as we've heard, you know, some other people talk about, you don't want to be a pest, you don't want to be a hustler, you don't want to be a snake oil salesman, but you also don't want to sit back in your office until someone calls you. So I think that, and, and, and I had a question for you, Trace. Um, you do a lot of top end, some of the best houses in the country, and, and you're renowned for that, but once upon a time, you didn't start doing $10 million deals. For people that are watching and want to do the better homes in their area, it, A, is it harder to sell five or ten million dollar homes than it is to sell million dollar properties and what is the what are some of the things that you did to kind of really establish yourself at the top end did you you have to change the way you listed and sold or was it just the same with different clients 
I think it's a bit, look, it's obviously a bit of an evolution. Um, I think you you go from from being um, someone in the local area that is seen to be doing business. I think that's all it's about. You know, if you're out there, you're in the community, you're, you, 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 you've got consistent messages going out. You know, we decided a long time ago to, to make a, a, the brand the brand and, you know, off the back of a beautiful brand of McGrath, we were able to create some lovely things that we just stuck to. It, it's quite simple. You know, there's four... four quarterly newsletters going out, one in a financial year report um, and, a, and a beautifully, you know, explained sale card every time we we sell things. So we just put one out for the first quarter and I had five people call me on, over the weekend and early last week for my letterbox drop just showing that we're doing business currently. So, but look, you know, what happens is you get success and you and you sell properties in a timely way for great results and you let people, let the right people know about it and all of a sudden, look, you know, it just creates that activity for you. And I think having a great team that are all on board with the same um, values is super important. Like I'm not, I'm just not the one making these calls as, a, you know, to our to our top clients. Um, my team are doing them. Nick, Steph, Christian has only been with me three months and already, you know, there's a certain patch of people that I've said to him, you know what, touch base, say hi. Say, you know, Tracy was just wondering how things are going. We'd love to catch up with you. So I think, um, you know, it's activity breeds activity. But getting in, the top end is no different. Uh, in fact, people that have a, we're selling a, a you know, $750,000 apartment at the moment and it, it's intense. Like that market is a little tough at the moment and what was, you know, a certain price three months ago is different. So I don't think the people or the transaction or the buyers are any different. Um, I, I just feel that, you know, the it's got an extra zero on the end. But seriously, and it is exciting when a big deal comes together, of course. Um, and that's the ones you get known for. You know, there was a little article in the paper about something we'd sold on the weekend and, you know, that's lovely. But, you know, and that's why people kind of, you know, you get that little bit of a, a notoriety. But honestly, our average sale price is, you know, two and a half, three million normally. And, and I love the fact that we work right through different price points. So bringing people up from smaller places to bigger homes and downsizing people, invariably there's trans- transactions across all, all, you know, all boards. But you know, you find people at the top end that are publicans or they've made their own, you know, their own funds, you know, they're, they're self-made. Or you get people that are, you know, sold a property for a guy that you know, had a foundation based on his family background. So in every price point, there's different buyers and sellers and no one's any different. It, the house is just as important to them as, as it is to anyone else. Can I, Tracy? On Sunday, it was announced for those that are watching this in New South Wales, and I know we've got viewers from all over the place, including the UK at the moment, but in New South Wales and some parts of Australia, open for inspections and on-site auctions uh, have been permitted. And as of this weekend, I I presume that you're going to start doing some open for inspections um, again? Is that right? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, obviously it's lovely having a, a number of people walking through the home. It, it's difficult sometimes to create that competition when you've got, you know, one buyer. But then I'm pretty much used to one buyer scenarios, so I didn't mind that. And, in fact, it gave me more time to, to work with people. But I think I think there's some stuff we've learned from this, and that is to really get to know um, the buyers better. Um, I'm, I'm definitely, um, you know, guilty of... I guess coming into the picture later and going, okay, that's that buyer A, B, C, D, E. Let's work with them. But right now, I know that 
um, the confidence that we instill the, you know, if you're a trusted advisor to people from day one and you, you're steering them in the right direction and you might say to them, well, look, you know what, this house maybe isn't right for you and, and we've got something else coming up that I think is and just that extra time we've been able to spend with people has been something I haven't done for years. So I'm really loving that. So I is think... That, um, is that, Tracy, is that like we're going to move into a bit of the old pattern again where you've got your open houses, you're going to get your brochures set up. Can I ask you, what has COVID-19 taught you this this six, seven-week period, um, both yeah. as a commercial person and as a, a person um, living in your own personal life? Yeah, I think uh, we're all tied down to busyness um you know it's like got to get there got to do this got to basically uh, i think you've just got to break the day down and go okay what's important and urgent what are the what are the things that i've got to do that are going to make the deals happen and and move us along everybody's done a, a recap of your business you know what are my costs um who's doing what you know I, I, one of the things that i thought was amazing is when it all breaks down and there's there's not that busyness what does everyone actually do? Like, what what is the value they add to the to the day? Can you take those people out of your business and continue on without them? Like, my team are all still here, but you know, everyone's got to be accountable. I think now, um, you know, with new technologies, we've embraced all these new things. Like, why didn't we have them before? You know, I've seen some amazing amazing things come up. I think that's um, gold. What you just said there's gold. Everyone is all of a sudden. I think what's happened is. The truth has come out and what someone does or doesn't do is obvious all of a sudden. And John, I that might is. just get you I might just get you to finish off here, John, because uh, we're hitting that 20 minute mark and we've got Kathy uh, waiting. I'm just going to finish with a quick question from Ben Cannon. Um, just to trace a couple of questions are used to qualify buyers. Obviously, the buyers that are coming to you, they're they're people generally speaking, you know, high net worth people for a lot of your listings. Um, what are some of the things when you're in the early stage of building a relationship with a buyer that you want to dig into to understand their either their motivation or their or their seriousness? Yeah, I think it's super important just to find out, you know, hey, where do you live now? How long have you been there? Um, oh, who did you buy that house off? And have you done anything since you moved there? And, you know, have you got, have you sold? Do you need, to, are you going to rent that property and keep it? Um, you know, it's all the background stuff that I think, you know, we miss a lot when you just go, go, hey, good morning. What do you think of the house? You know, it's 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 that real. Okay, and and how long you been there? And when do you want to be out of that house and in the next one? And you know, you started looking in this area. You're looking at other areas as well. Have you pinpointed this as the one that you ultimately want to live in? Um, you know, tell me a bit more about yourselves. And what type of house you like? Do you like do you like the character of this one? Would you prefer something more modern? Is this land size big enough? Like, I don't know. I'm just like I'm so into asking people questions i i'm really nosy yeah. by nature and um i think um the more you can gather also obviously there's the you know are you ready fine you know is your finance ready can can you buy a house have you missed out on anything um you know all that stuff it's so it, honestly within a couple of minutes you can really get to the heart of people's motivation and if they're not 100 percent going to buy a house today that's okay too but you can as i said like fast tracking my potential sellers you can always you can also fast track buyers and i I say, listen, why would you want to wait till, you know, whatever, when you found this house? Do you know how many houses transact at this price point in Huntersville every year? Probably five. So the chances of you finding another one in the next three months are really slim. So let's try and help you. Uh, if this is the right house, let's try and help you 
buy it, you know, in the next three weeks. Um, you know, stuff like that. I think just waiting around, it, it's not a waiting game anymore. It, it's action, reaction, um, pointing, you know, complete, solid questioning and staying in touch. You know, if I can't help you today, I might be able to help you next week. Data is something that I, I love putting everything in the system. You know, I, I get angry if, if I can't find someone's email address. Like I, I had those people and they were, they were looking at something and they should be on the database. So I'm a bit of a fiend around stuff like that. But, um, yeah, questioning, super important. Like, but, but listen to the answers. It's not just having a list. It's actually listening and, and creating something out of it. All right. Yeah, so I was just going to say, just in finishing um, for Trace, if someone had tuned in today and watched the last 20 minutes and couldn't speak English but was just getting her energy, that would have been a major indicator as to why you're successful, that you do have, you're passionate, you're uh, emotional around in a positive way and, and you are, you, you say nosy by nature, which I know yeah, is, is, a, is a phraseology, but you actually want to know the information you think you need to know to better to do a better job, which is which is fantastic, which is why you're one of the best agents we've ever had and one of the best agents in the country, if not the world. So very proud, Trace, that you fronted up. Phil Harris, hard act to follow. You've done us all proud. Um, so thank you for joining us. I'll be talking to you offline soon, and I think, Tom, we might have Kathy, to finish off as we thank and say goodbye to Tracy. Yes, yes. thank you so much, Tracy. Thank you so much. Um, and we're looking at uh, some of the comments here, Johnny, as we're getting Kathy to come on. This is uh, Tracy's one of the most professional and personable agents on the planet. Just listening to her, I mean, the thing, John. Sometimes you can't work out why someone's successful, but all you know is that you do business with them because you just feel like what they're saying is the truth, and you just feel like things aren't going to be. There's not going to be friction. She gives you this feeling that things are going to be fine, and some people have got it, John. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It's, uh, you know, there's definitely technical skills you uh, need to get things, but then you've got to be the sort of person that people want to do business with. And a lot of people got the technical stuff kind of down pat and they're organised and they've got those kind of harder, drier skills together. But you actually have to be someone who's engaging that people get excited, they lean into and they say, tell me more about that, and they listen to you. And Trace has got that, as has our next guest, Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Don and Tom. How are you today? And back to Tom, our Master of Ceremonies, but we're looking forward to hearing for the next 20 minutes why you've been so successful. So, Tommy, over to you. Okay, yeah, so this one here, I might even get you to talk a little bit about yourself before we start because Tracy's spoken at ARIC a few times, uh, yeah. so has Phil. But you are like you were going to be speaking on the big stage at ARIC this year, um, and that would have been your first time. But what a lot of people don't know is that you are one of the most successful real estate agents in Australasia. You write around three million thereabouts in fees, your business unit. You're on the Central Coast. Can I just get you to give us a very quick, you know, 60 second summary on who you are and what you're all about? And then we're doing a PowerPoint presentation, and you're going to run through. Um, some very important content that has created a program that you've got clients for life. So over to you, Kathy. a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Tom. I think, um, you know, I'm probably a nice balance between Phil and Tracy in the sense that Phil is obviously now running a much larger operation and um, in a similar way to Tracy, I'm a listing principal. So um, I have a team of 15 across the Central Coast and wear many hats as, as a principal 
Um, but my structure is that I have a general manager and an operations manager that run the day-to-day -day operations of my sales, holiday rentals and property management business. So I can really focus on what I love doing, which is listing and selling houses. Okay. Now, Troy's in the background, and I'm pretty certain that this is going to happen seamlessly, fingers crossed. Okay. We're going to get you to put your presentation up, and yeah. John and I might chime in, but please feel free. This is uh, your time, your audience. I'm going to hand over to you to go through a PowerPoint deck. Yeah. So before I start my PowerPoint, I just wanted to give the, everybody watching a little bit more insight into my marketplace because it's really quite different to, to, to Tracy's and, and most other people's. So I work in an isolated fishing village called Kilcare, which has only got 1,350 homes. And the, probably the biggest difference between my marketplace is that 80% of my owners are absentee owners. So they live in Sydney, overseas or interstate. So I can't do the traditional marketing methods of door knocking and letterbox dropping because that's irrelevant. So I have to be a little bit more creative in the way that I design my touch points with clients and how I attract people to coming to me um, and building my business in this area. So to give you an idea on COVID, for example, we had 480 holiday homes cancel overnight and our six-month calendar of holiday bookings wiped out completely. Um, we also went down from 30 sales inspections per week on average down to zero. Um, and so in times like these, you can decide to stay at home and feel sorry for yourself or, uh, as Tracy alluded to, you can jump into action and see what you can do um, to make a difference and to be able to move forward. So we quickly moved into Zoom, Zoom meetings every morning with our team, um, virtual inspections, doing videos and 3D scans on every property, um, and looking at, you know, how we could make a difference with our vendors. And, um, you know, I'd say to anybody that's out there right now with a difficult marketplace, just keep doing, you know, keep making calls. I've, I've personally been making 150 to 200 buyer calls per day um, because I know that's the cut through. Just keep doing consistent moving forward by doing the right things every day and soon you'll start to see um, the results for your efforts and we're already starting to see, you know, a very different, um, more positive marketplace in just this last couple of weeks. So, yes, yeah, sorry. Just before you start your presentation, and I don't want to rush that because that's going to be great, your slide. Um, when you say you're making 100-plus calls a day, do you kind of sit down at 8 a.m. and just kind of slog through them or do you kind of make them on the run during the day? I know Alex Phillips starts at 7 and finishes at 7, but he's yeah. kind of like just on the phone all day in between meetings and others actually quarantine a two-hour yeah. slot in the morning. What is your process? Well, since COVID, you know, you've obviously had more time on your hands to do more calls. So I like to break my calls down into blocks. So, you know, firstly, my vendor calls, then my hot buyer calls, then I might be doing my street calls and then my prospective vendor calls, then my client for life calls. So, you know, to make it interesting, I try and keep them in blocks so that the the, the conversation is meaningful and, and I'm in a zone when I'm in those areas. And also it keeps the day more, more interesting. But if I can't do physical inspections, then I can do twice as many calls um, and I've found from that that I've actually made five sales in the last three weeks, even though I've only had an average of two inspire inspections in a whole week because I've either gone virtual or I've gone 
to going through the people that did have some initial interest on those homes and engaging them to come back for a second inspection or a virtual so we could get a deal cemented. And, you know, it's about talking to those people that are the people that can do business today and the people that, you know, have interest in selling today and matching the two together to get the gold. Okay. So, Tracy, over to you. Like how many, uh, there's a few, how many slides is it? There's only a couple of slides, but before I go to the slides, I want everybody just to take a moment to imagine they're sitting at ARIC at 2021, 12 months from now, and I want them to imagine, you know, what their life looks like at this point, and I'd like them to answer the following questions. What does your personal life look like right now? How are you in mind, body, and spirit? How is your business stacking up, and what is your financial position? And I'd like you to think about what's been the greatest achievement from this challenging year that has just passed. There's never been a better time, in my opinion, to set yourself up for the next decade and look at the big picture. My father taught me that you can do anything in this life that you put your mind to doing. You just need to believe you can and have a plan on how to achieve it. And the only thing that is stopping you from achieving these goals by this time next year is your own self-belief. I believe the world has changed for the better and COVID's, you know, a great example for us all um, that we could stand back and look at the opportunities that we have and how we can improve from this point moving forward and what we need to change and improve. I think, John, the, the, decade, the next decade in real estate looks very different in my opinion, but I think the cut through is really the ability to serve people in a more authentic, more personalised and a more convenient way building trusted relationships that see us enjoy customer loyalty and having clients that return back time and time again. So let's, let's jump in and take a look at how we can set ourselves up to be our personal best for this next period. By the way, what you just said there in the last 60 seconds was just absolutely brilliant because the amount of comments that are coming through here in Facebook, that one minute was outstanding. It was uh, it was for many people an eye-opener. Over to you, personal checkup. Okay, so resilience. I think resilience is probably the m most important trait any real estate agent should have because your mindset is everything. We play a role as a trusted advisor, so being flexible and adaptable, supporting so many other people requires resilience. What I want you to do right now is to cut out the noise and the negativity that surrounds you and choose to feed your mind with only positive podcasts, webinars, books, great music. Um, one of my favourites is Dr. Fred's Black Belt Mind Training, which I think is an amazing thing to do right now. Good health. Without your health, everything else is irrelevant. So getting up early in the morning with a daily routine of exercise, healthy eating plan will set you up to be your best every day. Great energy, as John alluded to before, is the difference between how listing presentations are won or lost. I, I can guarantee that most listing presentations are won by the passion and energy the agent has in that lounge room. So make sure you've got your batteries charged and you're checking on your energy throughout the day. Phil, Phil mentioned about having a, an AM and PM check-in on your energy. I think it's so important. Your reputation. I want you to take a moment to think about what people in the community say about you and also what your colleagues say about you and how you can be a better person. Negotiation. I think you, you spoke about with, Tracy spoke about the fact that, 
you know, that there's more skill needed in this current marketplace. Anyone can sell a house in a good market, but it's the art of negotiation and refining your skills right now to help bring your buyers and sellers together and create a win-win for both people. Your environment, I want you to think about are you in the right place at home and at work for the next decade? You need to be surrounded by people that support you and lift you up to help you achieve your goals and not people that drag you down. A strong financial position is essential. Having a savings plan, a budget, a forecast, a financial advisor are the things that will really set you up for the next period. A plan, which also Phil mentioned about. I want to take some time to talk to you about the importance of both a long and short-term plan and a vision. Ten years ago, I started in real estate in the middle of the GFC with a dream in 10 years of having my own business with three offices across the central coast. I had a very clear vision on what that needed to look like in the next decade and all the things I needed to achieve both professionally and personally. I started by making a vision board similar to the one on your screen to help me focus on the journey and make it my reality every day. There were some things on there that were quite easy to achieve like a family holiday and a new car and other things that were exceptional like my lifelong dream of reaching meeting Richard Branson. Over the last 10 years, I've obsessed and had my vision board hanging in front of my desk inspiring me to stay the course. Last year, I took the final photo off my board when I got to spend two weeks on Necker Island with Sir Richard. You see, the law of attraction is an incredible thing, but in order to move forward, you need a clear vision of what you want your journey to look like and a clear plan of how to get there. I believe there are two plans that you need to have in place to ensure your dreams become your reality, and that's a lifestyle plan to detail all you want to achieve on a personal level and a detailed business plan that focuses on both the five and one year plan with reviews at each quarter to keep you on track and, and, and adapt as you need to. Now let's look at community. Five years ago, I set up a registered charity in my local area with a committee and a group of volunteers. Today, I've seen 258 people attend our CPHR training, help 320 people in their time of need, and we currently have 38 volunteers in each suburb making meals and delivering them to people in isolation. Through our Facebook channel, we provided creating writing classes for the kids, virtual exercise, inspiring bush poets and local celebrities, virtual gatherings to prevent people from becoming lonely, and courses to develop their skills. The joy that supporting a whole community has brought me is so rewarding. It has also brought me more business and more trust in my community than any other marketing initiative could ever do. Now is the perfect time to volunteer and give back, check in on people, take your real estate hat off and just focus on helping others. Database, I think this is probably the most important thing for you right now. It should be like a pot of gold and you don't know the riches you have until you dig deep and explore what it holds. Now is the perfect time to go, go through and clean it up by speaking to every person in there and making a decision on the category and the tags they fit into. Getting rich information on every client will allow you to have more meaningful conversations and touch points every time you speak with them or send them something which now can be more personalised. Just make sure you set reminders to make sure you keep up with it on a consistent basis. 
buyer service, as Tracy mentioned, I'm absolutely loving getting back to the old-fashioned way of working with a buyer in a more in-depth way, collecting a brief and a detailed survey on each and every one of them and knowing their time frame and then just on a course of action. I think with anybody ready to buy in the next 30 to 60 days, I endeavour to get to know them like a new friend. This way you build trust from the beginning and you often get the opportunity to arrange the listing of their current home at the same time as helping them with a purchase. Matching the client brief to the properties in your collection, off-market opportunities, conjunctions with other agents, and showing them as many suitable properties as you can back-to-back for convenience will see them find the one to call home. A concierge service for your pipeline. Think about the off-market opportunities that fit your buyers that you're working with, the withdrawn listings, the clients who aren't quite ready to come to market, and use a concierge service to help them take care of whatever needs to be done so you can bring that time frame forward. Events. Consider Zoom like our event today. How amazing to have so many people online and how powerful it could be to bring prospective sellers into a virtual event on how to prepare your home for sale a makeover transformation with the stylists, a virtual vendor meeting, a virtual appraisal. Zoom's changed our world and we need to embrace a new way of doing business. Your sphere of influence is a powerful way to share information and get it through to other people's database or workplaces so you can expose yourself to more people. Think about having your stock lists in all the takeaway coffee shops that are doing a great trade right now your information books and market reports to your accountants that are completing everybody's end of financial year. And people are so happy to help support you right now. They know how tough it is. So look at how you can extend your reach. Vendor management. With properties taking a longer time to sell, having a clear 12-week plan is essential. That showcases a strong digital marketing campaign, video, 3D scan, a web book with an auto response, social media planner. I think we should start with a set to sell meeting to explain the market conditions and explain what to expect right now and have confidence in your strategy. Keep a regular face-to-face communication with your vendors, either in person or via Zoom, and make sure you give them the valuable feedback. If they're not getting much activity at the moment, make sure you do something different every week that reinforces the value that you're still working hard for them, even though they aren't getting inspections. Landlords, it's a really great time coming up to end of financial year to find an effective time to do an annual review on their property, rent reviews, and providing them contacts for depreciation schedules and other things also having a great conversation with them about how the year ahead looks for them and any opportunities it may hold. Tenants are often forgotten, but remember every tenant is a potential buyer. With the home buyer's incentive and low interest rates right now, there could never be a better opportunity to help them get into their first home. Your core area. Focus on talking to each property owner in a particular street with a daily focus or a drop to them with a follow-up call. A tasteful market report right now with some community information is a great way of keeping them informed of what's happening around them. And finally, clients for life. I know this is the most important area of my database and my business. The 1,580 people that I have in my Bell family are people that I love. 
With each of these clients, I build a 10-year lifestyle plan, which covers not only the property they own in my area, but also their entire property portfolio. Helping with their plans for the next decade cements our relationship on a deeper level and allows me to help them make good decisions around their properties and in the right time frame. I pride myself on my Clients for Life program, and you'll see a little picture of our Zoom party at the top of your screen. When a member of our community leaves the area, we'd normally th throw a goodbye party, and last Friday it was due to be Sarah's. Unfortunately, due to COVID, we couldn't have the gathering, but we decided to do the same party via Zoom. So we got 20 of her nearest and dearest friends and made up champagne and cheese hampers, which were delivered to their door just shortly before the event. We asked them to dress up in something beginning with S and had a, a quiz about something about Sarah. All of them had a great time sharing their stories and celebrating in style and we made 20 new friends that are now in our community database and that we'll stay connected to moving forward. You see, real estate doesn't have to be complicated, transactional and repetitive. It should be exciting, creative, variable, fun and focused on building long-term lasting relationships with people in the best possible way. That's outstanding, outstanding. Are you, Kathy? have you got a couple of other slides just two small ones, Tommy. I just wanted to show everybody an example of the property marketing. My lifestyle magazine at the top of the screen there is an example of, um, you know, something we produce that brings clients to us. And on the bottom there are some examples of our street party, um, street parties and events that we host to, to bring people in to us. And lastly, my last slide. So just to recap, think about what you want to achieve in Eric 21 and share it with a friend. Take care of you and give yourself a personal checkup. Dream big for the next decade with a vision board and a detailed plan. Keep connected to your community and build trust by giving back. Focus on your database and make sure you've got meaningful touch points. Develop your client for life program and reap the rewards. In isolation for 27 years without family, Connection, phone or luxuries, just a vision to make a better world, hope and determination to make a difference. Let's all use our isolation time to plan how we can make a difference and live a better life. Look forward and look up. Thank you. All righty. Multiply that by 4,000 people at ARIC. That was a <laughs> clap there. So I've got to say, Kathy, that's outstanding. Um, and you've been kind enough to be able to uh, offer to share your slides. Nicola has just told me, um, and that's very kind of you, to some of the questions that are coming through. Well, very Lots and lots of compliments. I'm just having a look here from uh, Sharon uh, Bacarnas. What is the name of the author, Kathy Rick? Doc, Dr. Fred, Dr. Fred Gross. It is a good friend of uh, real estate, Eric, John, myself. He's actually, by the way, He's, he he today is my kickoff of the 21-day program. It's Dr. Fred because I thought to myself, none other than having Dr. Fred to get the mind right because sometimes we can overestimate the value of uh, scripts and dialogues and underestimate the power of having a very strong mind. John, that was an outstanding presentation uh, from an outstanding operator. I just want to Kathy, as they say in the uh, in the radio world, the switchboard is lighting up. 
and uh, I've never seen, this is like a ticker tape, there's like people, compliments and everything. I also had a few texts direct to me while you were speaking, Kathy. I know that not everyone knew your profile before today, but there's four or 5,000 real estate agents in Australia New Zealand that now very much um, know you and it's easy to see why you've been so successful. And I've got no doubt when you step up on the real, or not the real, but the, 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 yeah, the real life platform next year and you've got another 12 months worth of experiences to share with us, it'll be even more compelling. But I just got, what I take out of that, Tom, um, here is here is a, a, someone who has planned, they have envisioned, they have developed the skills they needed to have to actually manifest that vision, and uh, they've just done it. And, by the way, one, one of your team, April Connell, is one of my, she was one of my first PA. In fact, I think, I think April would say she was the first job uh, and and uh, she's a she's an inspirational young lady, and I know she loves working with you. And thank you for looking after her. She's a wonderful woman. Um, but Kathy, uh, thank you. I can't wait to see you in person once this is all over, and then hear you twelve months further progressed uh, at uh, Arik in twenty one. And I can tell you that I've never seen so many people just sort of talk about they could have left listened to you all day. So humble and refreshing, amazing, amazing presentation, incredibly valuable, gold. I mean, it's it's incredible. So just just take it that you've you've hit the mark. So I'll hand back to Tom, and I can say Tom that Phil Harris, Tracy Dixon, and Kathy Baker, we couldn't have wished for a better start to uh, Eric. So if you look at it, this is morning tea break typically. Tom, we've had three speakers. We've got another three next week, then another three, and another three. So let's just say we've reached in the, in the virtual Eric morning tea break, and we can high five ourselves out out in the bleachers because I reckon that's been everyone has delivered magnificently. All righty. So uh, let's uh, finish off and let you know, same time, same place next week, we've got Peter Chuancy, Josh Tesselin, Lisa Novak for our second session. Invite a colleague if you thought that today was useful. And I'm pleased to let you know that John McGrath and I have made a decision that anyone that didn't get any value of this is getting money back guarantee. <laughs> So, so I've made the decision, right? I've made the decision. John's going to agree with it. Gang, it's been a good hour. Johnny, thank you for being a co-host. We're going to let everyone go off. Have a good week. For those of you that have got back to opens across Australia and auctions, yes, you're out of your Peter Alexander pyjamas if you've had them on for six weeks. Get out there and let's go see you next week. Thanks a lot, everyone. Signing off.